It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Broadcasting live. Good evening, Blockhead Nation. Thank you for stopping by once again to listen to the show. You are listening to your favorite Blockhead. The only podcast in the podcasting world that can somehow incorporate the Peanuts comic strip one minute and then be talking about MMA and Warriors Inside the Octagon the next. I am your host. My name is Brian Little. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this show. On this episode, I will go through a couple of things that might seem random. Because sometimes when it just comes down to being a podcaster, you expect them to be authentic, you expect them to be consistent, but if it's okay, may I be permitted once just to be vulnerable? Because there's a few things I just want to share, get them off my chest, and of course I'll give you an update on a few things. I'll make sure that the peanuts are interjected into this part of the episode, and then I'll give you some updates on the UFC on the back end, also give a little bit of a spotlight, haven't done that in a long time, but I'm going to. And you wouldn't think I would use the person that I'm going to put a spotlight on, but I will. So if you look at the title, those that have already anticipating something, painting the canvas with a shade of random. In other words, sometimes us podcasters, as much as you might want to look to organization and structure, you might as well just expect us to be vulnerable from time to time. Because this is an audio recording. This is me pushing play. And just dipping a couple of paints and just going across the canvas and trying to make something work. And normally I don't do that. Normally I have it broken up into parts to where there's MMA and then there's peanuts. But this time it's just, I feel like if I'm not vulnerable, then maybe you won't buy into the man behind the microphone, which is YFB, which is Brian Little. So... It just hit me this week that I want to give myself permission to just paint the canvas with some thoughts that are on my heart and on my mind. But before I do that, to give you an update, it's been interesting over here the last couple of weeks. If you don't know, we have added a new addition to the family. Poor little Marcy finally got her wings to go home. And we have added Ellie Mae into the mix. So we have a new family member that is... On four legs, and she is precious. If you look at the Little Redhead Girl's Facebook, you'll see it all over. She usually tags me in those. But I will tell you, this morning, she made the decision for us. Because sometimes, we just have to alternate who's going to take her to the bathroom. We're trying to potty train her at this point. So it's, whose turn is it this time? If it's 2 o'clock in the morning, sometimes I take her. Sometimes I roll over and say, hey, take the dog. I did it at 11 o'clock. So, you know, just like having a newborn, it's give and choose. It's picking your battles. But this morning was interesting. She decided who she wanted to take out for her daily potty routine. Why? Because when she comes up on the bed, she happens to have something in her mouth. 
Now, the little redhead girl happens to have these brown Crocs. And she said, they're her comfy shoes. So she comes on the bed, and we both look up, and she has one of her Crocs in her mouth. She is literally saying, Mommy, it is your turn to take me out so that I can take care of business. What more can you say? So she decided that that's how this is going to work. And also, earlier, I didn't want to jump on too early because we've already had MMA going on in the background over here at the Blockhead Mansion. She was actually watching one of the matches that we had. We had A.J. Fletcher versus Semmelberger, and she was paying attention to what's going on the route. She could hear the commentary. I couldn't snap a picture of her. I couldn't get a shot of it. But she's starting to get a routine on what she likes and what she doesn't like. So it's been really fun having Ellie Mae as part of the family now. Now, giving myself permission once again just to grab some paintbrushes, dip them in the paints, and just put some strokes up. It's very similar to something I heard Lars Ulrich talk about once. Now, I know some of y'all that are not familiar, that's the drummer from Metallica. If you know any history about this guy, the trajectory is he's a hard guy to like. Okay, He's the guy that went after Napster. He's the guy that's always got something to complain about when it comes to the band. But, you know, it, what he did mention, there was a time, if you watch the documentary, Some Kind of Monster, and you can see that he put his artwork out for collectors to be able to buy at auction, but he had to have a process that he started, and he was pointing out that he didn't know where some of this stuff would stop and end. Like, if how many more strokes could go up into that black stratosphere up there, you know, he was pointing up as he was talking to the interviewer that could I do more with that blank area? Could I just leave it like it is? When is a song done? What does that even mean? I used to think that that had no depth to it. I didn't think that that was anything that was really intellectual. I'm starting to think differently about it now. And there's also a guy who, if you want to talk historians... There's one that I've followed for years known as Gordon Wood. Now, this guy is the master at teaching the American Revolution. But if you look at it, this is the guy who got the Pulitzer Prize in 1993 for his book, The Radicalism of the American Revolution. But he's not organized and structured in any way that you would think. There's a video that's up on YouTube of him and his home in Providence, and he has got books all over the house. You go to his office and books are just everywhere. Like he said, I I go looking for a book and I can't find it in the library. And they tell me that it's out. And then they search it back and go, Dr. Wood, this is out to you. So he hasn't found which office that he has his books in. But as he's writing, one of the students asked him about simply how do you know when you're done with your historical writing? And his answer was, well, you're not really ever done. When the book comes out, You look back and go, there's some things I should have done. It's too late. It's already been published, so we just have to move on. But there's a creative process to history writing that he says you have to do some research, get some ideas, and begin to write, and go on do more research. They're not separate entities. But if you look at just his house and his habits, you think this guy is just all over the place. He can't. He's got too many books. He has more than he knows what to do with in his two offices and his house. So you think that he's just a hoarder in some ways, but... This is a guy who won the highest award for history writing in 1993 for the Pulitzer Prize. This means I pay attention to what this man has to say, but his process is a little bit disgruntled. So I feel a little better just saying, I'm just going to paint the canvas with whatever it is tonight on the microphone. Whatever you take away from this is what YFB had to deliver tonight. And I haven't even gotten into peanuts.
And I will, as I go back and look through some of my old memories. And I'll say this, I've been listening to a lot of old 90s music that really brought me joy when I was in high school. And one of them that people just don't talk about, that I think is one of the greatest soundtracks of all time, is Space Jam. Now, I know some of you are going, okay, you must be talking about the Space Jam song. We've all seen Michael Jordan. We all know about the song by Seal. That's not even what I'm talking about. There are some hidden treasures in there when it comes to rhythm and blues. It's just, there's a great song by D'Angelo called Found My Smile Again. And just going back and hearing those rhythms and hearing that melody has been very cleansing to my soul. So I share that, and you can probably hear the dog in the background. That will be something we have to work with as I work my way through this journey from now on, because she doesn't understand what a podcast is. Marcy was a lot quieter, but there you go. But to be a little bit more vulnerable with you, authentic authentic and consistent, you're getting that, but vulnerability is, a lot of y'all have been asking me about my experiences in the Navy because we're looking at this Russia and Eurasian conflict. Sorry, this Russia and Ukraine conflict. Well, it's really in the continent of Eurasia, sure. And I keep being asked, are we looking at World War III? And my answer keeps going back to, even the Navy won't teach me this, but the history books will tell you, that it takes more than one man flopping in the wind and barking demands. It takes three that are on the same page. If you look at World War I, you had the cooperation, the cooperative units of Austria-Hungary, the Ottoman Empire, and Germany. You can trace it back to the Treaty of Versailles, all the punishment put on Germany that we can blame to World War II, but you had three Axis powers. You had Japan, Italy, and Germany, once again, on the same page, looking for world domination. If you look at this one, it's just one man that is demanding, similar to the Stalin method, when his advisors just don't get behind him. And he will go, well, there's been bombings and there's been people that are evacuating. Yeah, but they're empty buildings. They've had time to evacuate. And when I see the numbers, 17 injured. Okay, I'm sorry, but do we have bodies and casualties piling up? I don't see it. But if you're worried about the military guys, me being in the Navy, I've seen what we have. I've seen our weapons. If we needed to get involved... For our commander-in-chief to give the go-ahead, it would be over quick and swift. And some of these are worried about their kids. Oh, are they going to have eventually possibly a draft come back? And I said, do you remember 9-11? Bricks are raining down literally on, in New York and our, on our neighbors, literally. We didn't need a draft. People volunteered. People went and took care of it. It was quick and swift. I'm not going to get into the details and the weeds of what it accumulated into over the next couple of years. But there was a quick response. And for one of the last places I saw before I got out of the Navy was Seal Beach. I've seen our weapons. Okay. I'm not going to bed worrying about this tonight. But I do have my experiences that were in the Navy, and everybody keeps asking me, well, you you got to see a lot of the world. Yeah, the world's made of a lot of water. But am I glad I went in the military? Yes. Would I go back in willingly? No. I did my four years. I did my service. I got out. I took care of my education the second time around. And I made sure that I got myself a degree in a job that would permit us to have a house and a car and, you know, live comfortably. You know, not live outside of our means. But that, that's the truth, is that the four years I did in the Navy made up for the four months I did nothing at a Christian university. It was embarrassing. 
It was a beatdown. But I still had my patriotism. I felt like the job wasn't done over there. A lot of my family didn't expect me to go in. But I chose that option. And I will tell you that my experience is I loved San Diego. I'm glad that I saw a lot of the world. But guys, my job sucked. I hated being in the kitchen, being in the gut and galley, working on the mess decks. That's why I got into firefighting and damage control. I looked for any ways that I could get out of there. I did not enjoy that at all. It's kind of one of those I tell these students that want to go in the military, well, take care of your ASVAB score. I took care of mine, but I remember sitting down in boot camp because they were wanting to figure out what job I was going to have. They gave me five choices. Culinary specialist, storekeeper, engineman, machinist mate, hospital corpsman. I didn't want to go into the medical field. I knew that. I really didn't care about going into the engine rooms either. Storekeeper didn't have a clue what that was. I just figured I'd take culinary specialist. It landed me in San Diego. Got to see Hawaii three times. But it was a miserable existence. It reminds me a lot of, if you've never seen the TV episode, of What a Nightmare, Charlie Brown. It's literally where Snoopy is dreaming that he is on a, a sled dog team in the Alaskan Klondike. So you, it's a very, if you watch the episode, he is thrown in with a, literally the pack of dogs and expected to keep up, and he can barely keep up, and he's used to being catered to his whole life, but these dogs are given meals, and he doesn't get any meals because he's too nice. He has to turn into a nasty dog and, and be the leader of the, of the crew, and he becomes something that he never wanted to be. That was the truth of what I faced in the military. I became something I didn't want to be. I couldn't stand who I was becoming. I was miserable. I took my chance to get out and go back to school and take it seriously the second time. There's your truth. My sacrifice, yeah, it's appreciated come Veterans Day. Throughout the rest of the year, often we feel expendable. We feel like the respect just isn't there because we're not contributing. But, you know, working in the classroom with the future generation... At least I have a chance for it to fall on some ears. Most of it's deaf ears. Because in middle school, they can care less about that. They care about their reputation, who they're dating. This weekend, they're too young to be dating anyway, but it happens. So I'm being vulnerable with you. Where's this episode done? I don't know what to tell you. Do I regret being in the military? No. Do I wish some things would have been different? Yes. Am I equipped for other things better than some out there in the civilian world? Yes, I am. Especially where I'm not fearful about what's going on overseas. I'm actually inspired by Ukraine. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm looking at Russia and going, you look like a total fool, Putin. And if this gets me censored somewhere in the podcasting world, so be it. Spoken my mind. You want to know more? You know how to comment to me. 
I am YFB and I approve this message. Now we move on to some MMA, maybe on to some lighter things. Blockhead Nation, thank you once again for tuning into this episode of the Your Favorite Blockhead Podcast. This show is sponsored by KitCaster. Guys, did you know that having a podcast is a great way to grow not only your personal brand, but your business? Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. And what better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast? That's where KitCaster comes in. KitCaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. Whether you're an expert in the field or you just have a unique story to share, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. Go to the link at kitcaster.com slash blockhead to apply for a special offer for listeners of this show. That's kitcaster.com slash blockhead. You'll find that in the blog, the notes for today's show. Let's get back to the episode. Our scripture of the day comes from 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, you for his name's sake. Reflection from Blue Lair Bible says, Do the majestic name of Christ, we have admittance to the glorious throne of God. For those who believe, we have been called his children and brought out of this evil world to a new life in Jesus Christ. Hope to inspire you guys with the real word, with the truth. Even if mine is just straight up opinion, sometimes you take it as fact. Always make sure that God is king, first and foremost, on this show. Second of all, Peanuts is the single most successful comic strip in American history. And MMA continues to be the greatest sport under God's hot sun. Only been around since really 1993. Well, you've had other sports since that time. That's... That is valid as of what I'm discussing now because there have always been other sports. There has been collegiate wrestling. There's been kickboxing. There's been Muay Thai. There has been grappling. And you have other styles that have finally came together in one roof, UFC 1, 1993. At that time, the dominant style was Hoist Gracie. But if we look forward, we got a guy that's coming in that just had a fight tonight. We had... I mentioned earlier that I was watching A.J. Fletcher and Semmelberger, and Semmelberger gets his hand raised, but really the third round got it for him. So if we go back and watch the early prelims, so tonight's fight night's been really good. Santos in the main event. But really the big one that had my attention was Alex Perea, former glory kickboxing champion. This is the guy that has gotten the jump on Israel Adesanya in the past. If you look at his first two performances that he's had in the UFC – They've been wins, but are they in dominant fashion? Not so much. Can we automatically say that Israel Adesanya is scared of this guy? Is this a guy that he feels like is going to be a threat to his title? Now, us in the MMA community, we are watching and anticipating, biting our fingernails, either trembling in fear or in excitement. I'm looking forward to seeing what Alex Perea has. So, I give him props for getting his hand raised tonight. It finally took really that third round. You know, I give it up to Bruno Silva also for a guy who tried to take it to the fence for that much reach that Alex had on him to be able to find some ground control to get, actually get the first takedown ever on this guy. So, at least for the sake of the UFC. 
So that's been happening tonight. We've also got the main event that's been going on. Khalil Roundtree absolutely got it done quick and then over in the second round. So you got you can't sleep on these fight nights. There's always something good and always something exciting that's coming out of these events that are not as heavily advertised as the pay-per-views. They're not always fillers in between. These guys are killers. If you don't watch, Dana White has something that talks about if you didn't know, now you know. I always appreciate him bringing up fights like we just talked about. Alex Prey and Bruno Silva was brought to the forefront. You need to be paying attention to these guys. And I believe he's a threat to the middleweights moving forward. I think he will advance. I think he'll go back and he will look at the tapes and go, okay, how can we get this done in more dominant fashion and make ourselves a threat to Israel Adesanya's reign? It's going to be really fun to watch coming forward. But as of next week, we have another great one. Hopefully the guys will swing by the Blockhead Mansion because we've got a Dan Hooker fight. I'm always interested when Dan Hooker is going to be in there. We've also got a co-main event with Patty the Batty. Is his reign going to continue? This is one of those unsung killers from Liverpool who could easily be Connor 2.0. I just believe that's, that's something we have to consider. And the main event, it looks promising. But, you know, again, these fight nights are always free on ESPN+. And they've got so much flavor to them. You can find something that absolutely piques your interest. Then we get further down the road, we're going to have another main uh, main card. We're going to have our UFC 273. we got the quick turnaround once again for Hamsat Chemaev going against Gilbert Burns. Heavy gulp for me on my end. Is he really going to ragtag the guy who is number two in the division? It's hard to answer that. But, you know, Gilbert Burns being a wrestling machine, it's going to be very, very interesting on that main card. So things to anticipate down the road. Now getting to the co-main event of 273. I'm not sure if you will go back and do any homework on this one, but thinking back to UFC, I'm sorry, but episode 181, Guys, if you never heard that, YFB lost his stack on this fight. Absolutely went berserk. I let the microphone have it when we had the controversy with Pewter Yawn and Aljamain Sterling. Absolutely got under my skin. An illegal knee while he's down, but Sterling milking it. No proof that he's absolutely hurt. It just seems like, once again, I said back then there was a Dashboard Confessional reference I used. If you never heard Dashboard Confessional, they got a song called The Best Deceptions. There's a part that's saying all the best deceptions in the Clever Cover Story Awards go to you. That's how a lot of us feel about Best Actor of the Year. You know, there's been all these memes about the best actor is not somebody coming out of Hollywood. It's Aljamain Sterling for holding on to the title as long as he has. And not facing Peter Yan, but Peter Yan has come back, and I have to go back and eat crow in many ways because I said what needs to happen is is those two need to run it back and have their fight, and then the next guy to face it is going to be Corey Sanhagen. Well, Peter Yan came back and absolutely just lit up. I mean, just completely rung the bell of Sanhagen. So there's nothing else to do in this bantamweight division except for Pewter Yawn to get his redemption or to be the simultaneous interim and undisputed bantamweight champion, which I believe is going to happen. 
I don't know what's going on in the practice room for Sterling, but it's not been a lot of positivity coming out about him. But I lost my stack. I absolutely blew it. I blew up on that. Not on anybody in particular, but just I was so frustrated with how can you not know these calls? How can you be a professional fighter and look to your corner and go, what do I do? And it sounds like kick and give him a knee to the head. That might be permitted in some areas of the globe, but underneath the Nevada State Athletic Commission, that's not permitted. So, and, and he's winning the, the fight. He's ragtagging, just ragdolling uh, Sterling for four rounds. And so now we have things that irritate me. Things like eye pokes get under my skin. Crotch shots really get under my skin. Soccer kicks I've got a problem with. We don't have anybody that's bit anybody that I know. No biting. We haven't had that problem yet. But we've got illegal knees that are happening. So there are just a few things that absolutely were getting under my skin. I was like, wherever the disconnect is, can you fix this, please? There haven't been as many since that time. The eye pokes have really gone down, but there's a few here and there. But I was so wound up because now this is what I wanted to see. The right thing, ha- the, the right penciling in has happened. There's nothing else to do except for Sterling and Yawn to have number two, to run it back. And I hope it doesn't turn into a number two bowel movement. I hope it ends up being a fantastic fight that Yon proves that he never should have lost his title in the first place. Because he just came back in such dominant fashion. Then after that, who's he going to face? I don't know. TJ Dillashaw? I don't know. We've already had that happen. Maybe he will face Sanhegan. But, you know, and Sanhegan's going to have to really blow the dust off a little bit and just get back in and be able to have some dominant performances moving forward. It's going to take a lot more than that. Are we going to put him in there with Rob Font? It's hard to answer, but the right thing is finally happening, and I'm happy about this Coleman event becoming a reality. So we, we can count on the main event's going to be fireworks. Volkanovsky versus the number four Korean zombie. That is a great, great matchup. Now, as far as the numbers go, there seems like a disconnect. But again, what do you do? Sometimes the rankings just don't matter. The narrative is Korean Zombie stepped in. He took the fight. It's been offered to him. He said yes. And we get to see these guys go at it. So I'm excited about that fight, too. So doing it very fast-paced from tonight's fight night to next week's fight night into 273, some huge highlights you can expect, some big bright spots that are coming in for the sport. But I haven't done a spotlight in a long time, and you wouldn't think I would bring up this guy. Why? There's a friend of the podcast known as Smiling Sam Alvey. He is known for being on the ultimate fighter of the infamous Let Me Bang Bro. Now, we some of you might know that phrase, but if you don't, we need to point it back to where it originated from. The spotlight goes to none other than Julian Lang, who recently has been in bare-knuckle fighting uh, uh, championships. So, I I think his last fight was against Mike Perry. Yeah, that that should be right. Mike Perry, and he gets his hand raised. Julian Lang is just a a different breed. A very, I want to say obnoxious, a very off-the-wall personality, but also a guy who is very quick-tempered. And a lot of times we look at what got under his skin. Well, you can go back and look at this. There's a guy, I think, by the name of Matt Sikor, who was on Team Carwin. And he's sitting there in the kitchen, and he mentions that you're a tough guy, you're very athletic, but his words were not that you don't have the greatest MMA IQ. He didn't say that. He said, but you're not very smart. Well, 
That clearly went up Julian Lane's posterior here with a red-hot poker. But it doesn't stop there because he starts to go on this rant. And Matt Secor decides to crack a rat and be able to blow the fumes towards his direction. That's the problem is some people just can't handle somebody who passes gas on them and deliberately makes it worse. You know the thing where you cup your hand and push the fumes towards somebody else? I don't know if that violates, quote, bro law, but some handle it and some don't. And Julian Lane just like, you get that out of my face. And, of course, Matt Secure turns around and blows on him a couple of times. So it all starts here. He's already under his skin for saying that you're not smart in the cage. Matt Secure's over there clipping his toenails, and he's and he says, can you do this? While... Julian Lane is trying to explain what he does in the cage and what happened to him in there, why he lost his fight. So he just he just starts to go, man, you need to cut, quit doing that now because I will beat somebody up and I'll leave this, this place. Next thing you know, it's in a fraction of a second, he is slamming down his alcoholic beverage and he is ready to throw down with Matt Sikor. Not good. And then there's a couple of other blows where he has the same thing, but at some point he starts yelling, let me bang bro. I'm not sure if it was a Matt Sikor or another guy, but just anybody who was getting in his path, he's just blinded by rage. I mean, his eyes are completely red with anger. One of his teammates steps in between him and just starts looking at him. He doesn't try to stop him, he just looks. You know how that is if you have that brotherly image or that fatherly image in your life where they can just stop you mid-sentence. And he starts to cry, let me bang, bro. And the tears are starting to come out at this point. Instead of him screaming and yelling and banging his head on the wall and hitting his fists on the wall, he just his voice softens, and he starts to crack. And the tears are running, and he's going, let me bang, bro. Let me bang, bro. Let me bang. And, of course, the guy's like, I do. I do let you bang. He's like, let me bang again. All back to the spotlight being on Julian Lane. If you need some real entertainment... When it comes to the UFC, sometimes you just got to have a good big belly laugh when it comes to guys like this. One of them has to go to Julian Lane. Now, as far as a, a glorious uh, run in the UFC or having great accolades when it comes to other MMA organizations, not so much the case, but a fan favorite. Still appreciate, still has the tagline, let me bang, bro. You could hashtag that and, or put at let me bang, bro, and you would quickly pull up Julian Lane. Had to put in the spotlight for this guy. If you want more spotlights, let me know. You can reach out at yourfavoriteblockhead.com slash blog. Keep on listening to the guys in the YFB network. Check out all the links for today. If you like the show, it's always helpful to donate a cup of coffee. You can go to ko-fi.com slash yourfavoriteblockhead. That's in the blog as well. All links are available. And we will see you next Saturday. Same Blockhead time, same Blockhead channel. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.